You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Back with you all at it this week here on the Monday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Going to recap the weekend that was losses to the Lakers, win over the Kings. I'm kind of fine with that outcome. I even liked how they played against the Lakers in that loss. But we'll break down both of those games before previewing tonight's game in the Smoothie King Center back at it at home against the Utah Jazz. We had some good performances over the weekend, some not so good performances over the weekend. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So Friday night in the late game, the Pelicans took on the hated Los Angeles Lakers with a little bit of extra motivation. But you know who also had extra motivation in this one was Anthony Davis, and he went off in this game. It was a uh, 123-113 win for the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers led by as many as 24 in this one before New Orleans mounted somewhat of a comeback, just never able to really get over the hump. But for a game where they were down by that many and really could have just kind of packed it in, a game where Anthony Davis put up 46 points, 13 rebounds, was 15 of 21 from the field, 3 of 5 from deep, and 13 of 13 from the line. So an absolutely absurd stat line. You could have just not cared. It was just not their night. AD came out probably more motivated than we saw him in most of his tenure during New Orleans in this one. And you don't expect to win this game. You could have packed it in. But you know what? The Pelicans never did and really fought in this. And you could see why they've been on a four-game winning streak recently. So by the numbers in this one, Drew Holiday, 12 points on the night, six assists, three rebounds. Not a great shooting night for him. He was kind of off. Four of 14 from the field. That's under 30%. 0 for 4 from 3. Brandon Ingram got off to a slow start in this one. Not shooting well either. 22 points on the night. 3 assists, 3 rebounds. He was 10 of 27. 2 of 8 from deep. So he was under 38% from the field. Derek Favors did play well in this one. He's been key for New Orleans over this stretch. 15 points, 14 rebounds, including 5 offensive boards. 7 of 11 from the field. But just 1 of 1 from the line. This was a theme throughout the game. Despite putting up nearly 70 points in the paint, 68 in fact, compared to the Lakers 54, the Pelicans went to the line just seven times. Anthony Davis had almost double that by himself. The Lakers went to the line 28 times. The whistles were not going in New Orleans' favor. And they were being aggressive. You don't put up 68 points in the paint without driving and attacking. And you even saw it from Lonzo Ball. And we'll touch on him in a minute because over these two past games, he's been absolutely awesome. So they didn't get the whistles. Anthony Davis gets star calls. We know that a little bit. So does LeBron James. Um, But the rest of the Lakers all got there just enough to really make that a big deal. You know, when you lose by 10, you have seven free throws to 28. 
you could look at it and call it that a little bit. But the defense from the Lakers was pretty good in this one, and that's why you saw them limit New Orleans. So Favors was good in this one. J.J. Redick, 14 points on the night, 15 boards, 4 of 5 from deep. Jackson Hayes off the bench, 6 points, playing under 15 minutes, by the way. 3 assists, 3 rebounds, 3 of 4 from the field. Each one more. Uncle E here, 16 points, 7 of 14, 2 of 6 from deep. 3 rebounds, 2 assists, just kind of usual solid self. Josh Hart got minutes in this one. Kendrick Williams got a few minutes, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker with a DMP. Same for Frank Jackson, Nicolo Melli, and Jaleel Okafor. Seemed like maybe they were resting some guys to get a couple more minutes on the next night since they were playing on a back-to-back. The star of New Orleans in this one, though, was definitely Lonzo Ball. 23 points on the night, 5 assists, 10 of 16 from the field. That's 62.5%. 2 of 7 from deep. That's okay. And 1 of 2 from the line. He's been coming on strong as of late. He hasn't fully been closing games out usually for New Orleans, but you're seeing him get his kind of confidence back. And again, he says this is because he feels a little bit healthier. He was great throughout this game, running the offense in the half court at times, getting out in transition and running with the team and being just more aggressive than we've seen from him. And that's really the key to him as a player. Is he aggressive? Is he going to drive? Is he going to try and attack? And when he does, good things happen. New Orleans had 27 points in the fast break. That's around the number that they would like, ideally, you know, as many as possible. If they could get 60, they would. It's probably unsustainable to hit a number quite like that. You'll never see a team do that. But he's key in getting them into their early offense and getting out and run because, again, no one pushes quite like he does. And he says, I'm healthy. I'm able to do all of this. And now you're kind of starting to see it really work out for him. Not a traditional point guard, not a pure point that we're used to seeing from a guy like Steve Nash or Rondo, but he has his strengths and they're really working out there right now. For the Lakers, Danny Green really hurt New Orleans. We had the Anthony Davis game, which we mentioned here. But Danny Green, 25 points for them 6 of 10 from deep he was creating mismatches JJ Redick was a defensive liability in this game and the Lakers in their game plan particularly targeted him they went after him hard trying to force a switch after a Danny Green pick and all of a sudden it's a mismatch in favor of the Lakers and that's how you end up with 46 points on the night uh, for Anthony Davis, LeBron James, 17 points, 15 assists, 8 boards. Kind of picked New Orleans apart with the mismatches there, too. You had Drew Holiday on him to start the game. Didn't do particularly great with that. Uh, and it led to him having a bad offensive night, trying to put forth all that energy defensively. This is just New Orleans losing to a better team, but still doing some things particularly well. They didn't shoot well at times, but overall this team is looking significantly better than they were to start the year. It's no shame in losing to the Lakers, who are the best team in the league right now, sporting a record of 28-7. and They are awesome. Or one of the best teams in the league, I should say. Um, So, you know what? This kind of just makes sense that you were going to drop a couple of these games, particularly to better teams, but they fought. I think that's big. We've seen this team really go out and quit at times during the year, and you're not seeing that right now, even in a loss that, you know what? Yeah, probably could have been the case. So good for New Orleans for continuing to fight. Got it to eight points at one point, just unable to get over the hump in this one. It got better for New Orleans, though, on the next night. We'll recap the win over the Sacramento Kings. But where it wasn't good was yesterday for New Orleans and the Saints in that overtime loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Saints making some negative history, I guess you could call it. But you know who has that all covered. If you want to know if that was offensive pass interference, are they even allowed to review that? They 
freaking should be, is going to be Ross Jackson over at Locked on Saints. He's going to be breaking down this loss probably for weeks and months to come. Is Drew Brees retiring? Is the window still open for the New Orleans Saints in general? He's going to cover it from every single angle. So don't forget, follow Ross and subscribe to Locked on Saints wherever you get your podcast from. So things got better for the New Orleans Pelicans on the second night of a back-to-back, traveling up to Sacramento to take on the Kings, eking out a win 117-115, a game that they kind of had handily going into late in the fourth quarter. New Orleans really almost let this one slip away, and this was about to be a really, really bad loss. You have Josh Hart getting a technical foul, and then Nemanja Bielitsa hitting a four-point play off of an inbound pass to him where there was just some kind of, I don't know, spacing confusion or something with Brandon Ingram and his back to the guy, shoots the three-pointer, gets the foul call, and hits the three-pointer and ties the game up. But with 4.2 seconds left in regulation, J.J. Redick got the ball, drove down on kind of a weird and oddly aggressive drive for him, and put up the ball, got the two points, and that was your game winner. New Orleans escapes with a two-point victory. Again, it shouldn't have been there at this point, but This is still a growing team, and I will take any win that they can get, and New Orleans did it in this one. Uh, This was a game of runs. You had Sacramento winning the first quarter, the Pelicans winning the second, Sacramento winning the third, and then New Orleans really piling on the offense in the fourth, winning that quarter 41-35, to getting that two-point victory. The Pelicans started off hot and really let the Kings back into this game. I said the Kings are one of the slower teams in the league, if not the slowest, and playing with some sort of pace and urgency offensively isn't the way that they're going to beat you. And New Orleans came out firing, getting out to a big early 14-point lead. And it seemed like maybe they could just kind of run this team out of the building, but maybe playing on the second night of a back-to-back, they weren't able to do it. You saw guys get more minutes uh, in this one than we were maybe expecting, but it's also on the second night of a back-to-back. So changing up your lineups and your rotations and adding some new people in definitely makes a lot of sense. Drew Holiday in this one by the numbers, 19 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Nice bounce back game for him after the rough shooting night against the Lakers. Brandon Ingram looked a little bit tired in this one. It was just not his usual self. 16 points on the night, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 4 turnovers as well. 4 of 13 from the field, so under 31%. 3 of 8 from deep. Derek Favors still being very solid for this Pelicans team. 13 points on the night, 11 rebounds, solid interior defense all around for him in this one. Uh, five to six from the field. J.J. Redick, the game winner, 18 points on the night, five of 10 from the field, three of six from deep. Five of five from the free throw line, two rebounds, three assists. They needed him. You expect him to shoot that three he got when he got the ball, but what a crafty veteran to see the closeout is coming out hard on him. So he's just going to drive and take what the defense gave him. Thank you, J.J. Redick, getting that win almost kind of single-handedly in a weird way. Off the bench, Jackson Hayes, four points. Josh Hart, despite picking up that technical foul and kind of putting the win in danger, 16 points on the night, five rebounds, made two threes each one more five points Kenrich Williams got more game time in this one because of them being on second night of a back-to-back was not particularly good zero points on the night three rebounds he is struggling as a basketball player right now Jaleel Okafor seven minutes two points Frank Jackson seven minutes no points the bench wasn't really doing much other than Josh Hart it was the starters that all in double figures really carried New Orleans in this one Lonzo Ball another excellent game for him 24 points on the night 
10 assists, six rebounds, nine of 19 from the field, four of 12 from deep. That's probably a few too many threes that you don't want to see him taking. But overall, he's been, again, very good. Getting New Orleans into their transition offense, 17 fast break points for the Pelicans. It's what they want to see, what they want to do. That's how they play their best style of ball. He was aggressive. He drove. He attacked. This is how he becomes a very, very good basketball player. This is what you're seeing. Again, he's trying more on the defensive side of the ball, too, than we've seen from him all season long. But the Pelicans' defense did struggle at times in this one, with Harrison Barnes basically being unstoppable. 30 points on the night for the Kings, 9 of 12 from the field, and 10 of 12 from the free throw line. He really did a lot of damage. Buddy Heald, former New Orleans Pelican, 24 points on the night, made four threes in this one. De'Aaron Fox. 17 points, five assists, but an inefficient shooting night for him. Uh, Nemanja Bialica, 12 points, including that four-point play that could have buried New Orleans. Trevor Ariza, um, not a great performance from him. Also former New Orleans player here. Not on the Pelicans, though, just on the Hornets. So you get a win. You start the new winning streak. You're now up to 12-24, and 24, which doesn't sound great, but still just three games out of the eighth seed with a ton of teams to jump, so you've got to be careful how you phrase that. Um, looking at the playoff race here but things are better from new orleans being able to get that kind of crunch clutch win which they hadn't been doing all season and it shouldn't even have gotten to that point so maybe that tells you something there i think it just shows they're growing a little bit they're getting more stops than they've been getting looking like a much better basketball team so we'll look at tonight's game coming up here in just a moment. Don't forget, though, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Here, the only podcast Monday through Friday breaking down everything you want to know about this team, including Zion's return, which is coming soon. So get excited for that. We're going to really start looking at what his impact on the court is going to be for the Pelicans starting tomorrow. So make sure you tune into that episode. Locked On Pelicans, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. Plus, it takes you like 30 seconds. It's not a big deal. We don't ask for much here. Uh, so subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So it's a game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Utah Jazz coming to town. This is not the Utah Jazz game you should maybe be excited for. I think that's the one coming up in about a week or so when maybe we will see Zion's return. But he has been ruled out for this game, so don't expect to see him out on the court. Maybe get your tickets to that Thursday 116 game. Um, but... That's honest to God still just a guess on when he's likely to make his debut for New Orleans in the regular season. After a mixed start to the season, the Utah Jazz have gone on a run, playing kind of 500 ball to start the year. They have now won 10 out of their last 11 and look like the Utah Jazz we are expecting from them. They're also up to fifth in the Western Conference, sporting a record of 23 and 12. Basically, they are kind of slowish, middle of the road and pace team, but very good defensively and get just enough offense to go out and win games in that kind of grinding style at times. Led by Donovan Mitchell with 25 points per game, four assists, four rebounds. Bojan Bogdanovic, who they added to and then had to cast off Derek Favors to kind of make room for him under the salary cap, ended up being an excellent pickup for them. 20 points per game, 21 points per game, uh, four rebounds as well. All of these guys shooting particularly well. Donovan Mitchell, 36% from deep. Bogdanovich, 42% from deep. Then you've got Rudy Gobert being that defensive anchor down below. 15 points per game, over 14 rebounds per game too, along with almost two 
blocks. You've got Mike Conley, who's been kind of in and out for them um, and is still going to be out for this game, so you don't need to worry about him in this one here. But he's having a bit of a rough start to the year, I think. Um, but he's hopefully going to kind of round into form. That's a really fun player, and it's kind of sad to see him struggle like he has at times in Utah. Off the bench, Joe Ingles, sharpshooter, 10 points per game, shooting it pretty good from deep, 40%. Basically, they do some really good good defensive things and can kind of just strangle you there and get enough offense to go out and outscore you. And that's kind of what they do. They aren't a great rebounding team. So New Orleans, if they can get those defensive boards, so they don't, Utah doesn't grab offensive boards. If New Orleans can get those defensive rebounds and get out and run, you can negate a little bit of what Rudy Gobert is capable of doing in the half court where basically he just takes away the paint. This is where you're going to need a big Lonzo ball game, get those boards, get the team in transition, and get out and run. Because in the half court, they really limit the passing opportunities to kind of play that motion offense, that read and react offense that Alvin Gentry wants this team to do. And if you don't do that, you're playing a lot of isolation ball which is just not effective to begin with, but this is why the Utah Jazz don't give up a great shooting percentage against them. They are awesome when it comes to e-field goal percentage because they're forcing you to play isolation style of ball and almost funneling you down into Rudy Gobert, who more or less just takes everything away. So this game for the Pelicans is really going to come down to how many fast break points can they get, meaning they do need to get some stops at times because... That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. The Jazz are a pretty good shooting team, so that could be a problem. We're going to see, though. This is a Pelicans team that hasn't been the same that they've been all year long, but this is a stiff test against a Utah Jazz team. Again, 10 of a, their last 11 is pretty good, but it's going to be a fun one tonight. Zion close to making his return, too. I mean, that's more important than the game tonight. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game. <laughs>